Blink wide left, Martinez to the right, they score! Carlson! Back and forth with Martinez! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Petrangelo scores! Two markers for Petrangelo! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... So uh, we are ready to go. That was a little bit of a Minnesota accent, almost like Fargo, wasn't it? So uh, we are ready to rock and roll with the uh, Fan Fest tomorrow's tomorrow. Four to six, the VGK Insider Show will be at the Downtown Event Center uh, over at the D, and we will be broadcasting live, and the VGK Fan Fest uh, descends on the territory at 5.30 until 7 o'clock, and we can't wait to set the stage for you and then meet you and greet you and hang out with you. We'll be on the air for half an hour of Fan Fest, and then we just get to hang out and partake in it with you. So it's uh, tomorrow night uh, over at the Downtown Event Center, over at the D. Uh, Chance is going to be there, the Golden Bells, the Vivas, uh, the players, uh, coaches will be hanging around. There's going to be some Q&As, some, some games. If you were at the last one a couple of years ago, uh, lots of fun. We played some Family Feud that day. Uh, I don't know whether we're going to do that again, but it was a lot of fun. It got a little chaotic at times. But uh, this is going to be awesome. Uh, there's going to be some uh, other uh, events. The first 500 people uh, in attendance will get a complimentary co-branded hat. So there's uh, some gifting for you. And there's some uh, opportunities to get to see the players, which, quite honestly, you haven't been able to do in a year and a half. That's cool. So come on down uh, over to the D. Uh, we'll be there. Four o'clock until six. So our whole show is from there. And then you can hang out with us uh, from 530 on when the doors open. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's probably going to be the first outing that I've had in uh, in quite a while, just in terms of, of being out among uh, the people, among all the, all the supporters of this show. So uh, come on by, say hello, fist bumps, all those fun things. And, you know, we, Darren and I are going to joust, and I'm going to beat him up, and it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, we got to get the joust to set up. So that's what we'll do after 6 o'clock. <laughs> so the, well, yeah. some of the activities are going on. You and I will just slide over and, uh, and do that joust. The best part is Chapman won't be anywhere near it. Why is that the best part? That's the worst part. That's the best part. Because we, we know that outside of the players and Chance and Gary Lawless and Shane Knighty and Dave Gosher and pretty much everybody else, I'm the one that the people want to meet the most. So outside of Shane Knighty, Ooh. Dave Gosher, Gary Lawless, and pretty much everybody else. Except you and Ryan. <laughs> You're the one that they no, want no, no, to meet. No, 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 hold on, hold on. This this gives me a great idea. I'm going to put up a poll on Twitter right now, <laughs> and it's going to be which member of the VGK Insider Show are you? Do you most want to meet? It's going to be Millard. It's going to be Magnum. It's going to be me, and it'll be interesting to see what the poll results well, are. So I, I'm going to have stuff that's to going give up away. right now. Well, I'll have stuff to give away oh, too. Come on, no, 
Yeah, you won't on. even be there. If I was there, I would. That doesn't matter. It's, it's not. It, but it's not about tomorrow. It's just in general. Like I want a general consensus of who the people want to I meet walk around most giving away from stuff. this show. So, so, so with the question, could we phrase that's, it? That's that's how you get people which, to like you. Which I member? <laughs> which member of the VGK Insider Show would you like to have a beer you with? You have one segment out of like nine on the show. Yeah, well, it's the best segment out of the nine. By the way, and you may not have it tomorrow. Just, just so you no, know. I, I'm, I'm, which is why today, I told you guys before the show, I am so excited for today's. And you realize we gave you your own show, so you didn't talk during the not rest my of the show, show, my segment, my, my, my two minutes. It's a, it's a two minute show. <laughs> we gave you your own show for two minutes at the end of the program, so you wouldn't talk during this part of the program. You're in danger of losing your segment privileges. But, but you you brought me up saying well, I, I was not going to be there tomorrow. I, and you I, said, I you didn't s- say talk. I you said, you said it, was, it was the uh, highlight of everyone's day that I wasn't going to be there. Yes, uh, we can't wait. So to get a chance to see the players, uh, like Robin Leonard. There's, there's, <laughs> you, I haven't seen Robin Leonard since he's been back. I can't wait to see Robin Leonard. Uh, Laurent Brassois, uh, new backup goaltender. Can't wait. Uh, Mark Stone, what's the hair look like? After the after the wedding, um, Max Pacioretty, like it's, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be cool to uh, hang out with uh, with some of the players. I I will say this, we are more than a week away from the start of training camp. Mm-hmm. I don't know any other organization, and I've followed a few of them over the years that have more players in town this far in advance of the start of training camp. And not just not just the go-to guys, but the uh, bubble guys and then the Henderson guys. The, everybody's in, in town. And that is not the norm. This year, they're all back. Uh, but in past years, it's been like basically everybody on board fully represented and that is uh that's cool and that only gives you uh, an idea of uh of how prepared they are and ready to rock and roll yeah i mean i I think we've you know we've talked about it with this team there's there's a goal it's it's something that this organization this team is is solely focused on and and i think one of the benefits of, of living in las vegas one of the benefits of playing in las vegas is that this is your home, and and for those of us that have been here for long enough, we understand just how great of a city it is. We understand how there's just everything that you need here, and I think when you have the opportunity to to kind of go to the rink in shorts as as you get closer and closer to camp every single year, and and you can kind of be in this in this bubble in this area, I think that it makes it easy for players to want to be here heading into uh, the season. So but other teams I think have a good lot weather. of things are. Other teams have good cities. Yeah, like it's yeah, but they're not Vegas. It's just like it's it's not Vegas. Like, this group is different. I, I'm Ryan. sorry. Well, I I yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think I think a lot of it has to do with the city, but a lot of it has to do with this group wanting to win a Stanley Cup. We spent the last uh, few days uh, with the return of the VGK Insider Show here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Can't wait to hang out with everybody tomorrow at Fan Fest. Uh, earlier this uh, week, we wrapped up the. Uh, top five, bottom five. The list of teams that we mm-hmm. thought were the top five clubs going into the season and then the bottom five. 
teams in the National Hockey League, which was basically just an exercise to get to who he thought was going to be the worst team in the league. (laughs) 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 I love making fun of people. Uh, So then I stumbled on this article, which has the uh, point projected point totals from uh, a certain betting uh, publication. And it gives the top teams and their projected point totals. And you can bet this. Colorado Avalanche, the top team at 110.5 points. That's, I guess, fair. Uh, Tampa Uh Bay would be next at 108.5. Then Vegas, third at 106.5. All three of those teams were in our respective top fives. Uh, Vegas Uh was four in Chapman. Uh, Vegas was two in Wallace, and I had Vegas number one. But Colorado and Tampa were both in the mix. Toronto, based on these numbers, is fourth at 105 and a half. I don't think that's out of the uh, left field pitch here. 105 and a half, I I could see that happening. Tougher division, but Mm -hmm. regular season team. Lots of skill. Yep. But here's here's the interesting part. You have Tampa Bay at two, Toronto at four, then Boston at five, <laughs> 103 and a half, and the Florida Panthers at six, at 101. All those teams, Tampa, Toronto, mm-hmm. Boston, Florida, play in the same division. Right. Not- you're gonna get a. You're gonna find a deal in there somewhere, because you can't have all four of those teams beating up on each other, and still accumulating right. hundred point seasons. You you just don't get four teams out of one loop with one hundred triple digit seasons. So there's there's a deal in there somewhere. Did you have Florida in your top five? Uh, I did. Yep. Yeah. You had Boston in your top five. Yep. I didn't I had- have Boston. I the Islanders though. I did. Yep. So is is yep. the Metro I, the best division in the National Hockey League? Or is it the deepest division in the National Hockey League? Or is it both? Hmm. Um yeah, I mean I, I think, you know, when I like when I look at, at the at the Atlantic with Florida, Boston, Toronto, Sorry, Tampa, those yeah. those four teams up at the yeah, the, up at up at the top of the division, I, I think that they're going to be very good. Um Playing in a division with Ottawa, uh, Detroit, Buffalo, I-, I think kind of gives you an indication of, of how those teams could eventually push the, the barrier on a 100-point season, all, all of them. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I tend to agree with you. I, I, don't, I don't think top to bottom it's, it's the deepest because I don't think highly of Ottawa. I don't think highly of Detroit. I don't think highly of Buffalo. So there's three teams in there that I think are going to be very, very bad. And then you've got Montreal, who is probably going to be closer to bad than they are good. Um, but, I mean, I think you, you look at the top four in that division, Florida, Boston, Toronto, Tampa, they're stacked, and they're very, very good. So I think the top of the division is, is probably as deep or the deepest in hockey for sure. We're going to do the Metro. That's why it was on my mind. We're going to do the Metro in a couple of minutes. But this Atlantic division, which we'll zero in on mm-hmm. uh, later on this week, this Atlantic division, is it the only division then where we can safely name the four teams that are going to make the playoffs barring any crossover 
because you do have a haves or uh, have nots. And guess what? The have nots include the Habs, who will not make the playoffs, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I think if there's a division in hockey where you could draw the line right now as to who you think will make the playoffs and who will miss the playoffs and, and feel fairly confident in it, I would say it's the Atlantic. I, I don't look at Ottawa, Montreal, Detroit, or Buffalo doing anything to touch those other four teams. I, I, I just don't see it. It's it, To me... It's very clearly four playoff teams and four very bad teams. I just want to add this because you guys are talking about this almost like it's it's a guarantee. So according to the MGM, and this is current as of Monday, 5 p.m., Bet MGM, they have the odds to win the division and the Atlantic. The difference between fourth favorite Florida and Montreal is two. So it's plus 550 on Florida to win the division, plus 2,500 on Montreal to win the division. So they so see it the same way. They see it the same exact way you guys do, yeah. There's no yeah. there's no difference. There's no division where there's a massive disparity between four and five like there is that one. So why is that? Montreal went to the Stanley Cup final last year. Why is that? Well, Shea Weber's not going to play. I, I mean, <clears throat> yep big part of it yeah I, I, I yeah i think you 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 don't have shea weber obviously um i think everyone looked at the montreal canadians you you don't have phil Deneau. you don't have yesperi kakanyemi so there's there's some holes there down the middle uh yeah christian dvorak is now a montreal canadian but i'm not sure that that that's going to move the needle a, a ton in terms of what your expectations are for the canadians i think Everyone kind of views the Montreal Canadiens in the same way. It was a team that that found their way into the playoffs last year in the Canadian division, and then they caught fire at the right time. And, you know, you give a team with Carey Price in goal uh, a little bit of a Cinderella run, and you can do some damage, and they certainly did. It still seems like a big drop-off to go from the Stanley Cup final and you swap out mm-hmm. Kakanyemi for Dvorak. And I think Dvorak's an an upgrade on the short term, an upgrade mm-hmm. on on the loss of Kanyemi. Uh, Jonathan Duran is back. He didn't play in the playoffs. Gives you more skill. Uh, Shea Weber, I know, is out. But Shea Weber being out, to me, doesn't mean the difference between Stanley Cup final and then being just written off by the window and written off by the BGK Insider Show. So was that that much of a fluke last year? Yes. That's basically what it comes down to. That run last year, that Cinderella run, and the road that they took was not easy, but they found something. That was a one-off. That's the only way you explain the, the transition between getting to the championship series and then being left out of the picture and kicked to the curb the next uh, time we get ready for a season, which is right now. Yeah, I, I and I, you know, you're not wrong. It, it certainly, to me, I viewed that team as a one-off. It's not outside the realm of, of recent history either. The Dallas Stars, they get to the Stanley Cup final. They don't miss the playoffs. Yes, there's a ton of extenuating circumstances there. And I think in retrospect, it's easy to see why they weren't able to get back to the playoffs. But you know, I, I think the division matters. You, you know, you're, you're looking at 
a team in Montreal last year who, within that division, the Canadian division, I think a lot of people looked at Toronto and then everything else was just kind of question marks. Everyone was kind of middle of the road, kind of a just just an average an average division. And you know, right now you're you're the Montreal Canadiens. You've got to play games against Tampa. You've got to play games against Toronto and Boston and Florida. It's a harder road ahead for this club this year because of the competition they're going to be play, playing See, against. I, I agree with you. Like the Dallas comparison makes sense mm-hmm. on a certain level, yep. but at the sure. start of last season, <clears throat> nobody expected Dallas to miss the playoffs. And You're then right. things yeah. got banged up, and then they got dis- derailed by COVID at the start of the year, and they were never able to recover. But the, the, the big difference between the two is at the start of last year, inside the potpourri division that they played in last year, which was all the, <laughs> the, the leftover teams, uh, they were still expected to challenge for a playoff spot. Montreal, uh, off of their Stanley Cup final appearance. Montreal, mm-hmm. yeah. off of its Stanley Cup final appearance. No chance. And we are we aren't just saying it in response to what's happened over the summer. We were saying it last year during the Stanley Cup final that <laughs> Tampa and Montreal, when they met, when the divisions went back to normal, were going to be mm-hmm. division rivals again, and it was going to be very difficult for the Montreal Canadiens to repeat and be be a Stanley Cup contender this season because it was going to be an incredible challenge just to qualify for the playoffs inside that division. Yeah, you're 100% right. And, I, I mean, we're, we're fortunate enough, I think, to, to view the Montreal Canadiens and what they were able to do last year through a little bit of a different lens just simply because, you know, we've seen some teams do some pretty remarkable things. Uh, inside of a, a playoff run. And for the Montreal Canadiens, they caught fire. They were able to find things throughout that run to galvanize themselves around. I think understanding kind of where Shea, uh, Shea Weber's health was had a lot to do with, with that team and their ability to, to move on and get to the Stanley Cup final. But, uh, you know, that was their shot. That was their opportunity. That was uh, kind of that last stand, I think, for Shea Weber and uh, p- potentially for Carey Price, depending on how things go in Montreal the next couple of years. So um, that was their opportunity, and full marks to them for getting there and making the most of it uh, uh, again, until they ran into the buzzsaw that is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't think that anyone uh, looking at this objectively is going to say that Montreal is among the top four teams in this division. It's just not true. Is it the only league like that? And I ask that with with all uh, honesty. I don't know about the National Football League as much, uh, the NBA or Major League Baseball, where you can make, if you make the playoffs, you've got a legitimate chance to win the championship just by getting in. We we watched L.A. do it as an eight seed. Mm-hmm. We watched Dallas. Yeah. Uh, they, now, they were a top-four team in the West the year before in the bubble, but they were probably yeah. the least talked-about top-four team inside that group in, in Edmonton. They made the final. Montreal makes the final. Uh, uh, does it happen in football where you're a wild-card team and you can like go and do it? Uh, baseball, wild-card team, Probably, but with baseball, a lot less teams make the playoffs, though. So, mm-hmm. so there's a lot less, I think, um, 
NBA, no. No, no. There's no like the Memphis Grizzlies are not going right. to make the playoffs as the eight seed and win the NBA title. The only time I think it, the Lakers had uh, Anthony Davis not gotten hurt in the playoffs this year, but they were the seventh seed, but they were still the Lakers with LeBron James. Their regular season, they didn't even really try. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that would have counted as far as like a an unheralded, like out of nowhere team comes to win the title. I think hockey is the only sport. Well, the NFL wild card, but again, a lot less teams make the playoffs. For, for me, I, 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 yeah, I think it, I think hockey's kind of the only one where you you legitimately have an an eight seed or even a sixteen seed, sixteenth best team in that tournament can Montreal find was the a way to win, seed, right? I, well, there you go, right? Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with you know there are. There's so much chance that is involved in this game. You can dominate a shot clock. You can dominate possession. You can dominate rate of play, run a play for 55, 60 minutes in a game and still find yourself down by three or four goals because there are are just ways to kind of play the game. You could run into a hot goalie. There are so many different things uh, in hockey that are, are, are just hard to quantify in the moment that... You know, the best team doesn't always win a playoff series, and I firmly believe that. We've seen it happen before. So I think hockey with parity, with with really just kind of how the game is played, there's there's so much up in the air every single time you play a game that oftentimes a lesser team can find a way to win if their game plan's good enough. How far down do you go before you say, that team's got no chance? So we're Montreal, we're saying no chance. Because they're mm-hmm. in that group of, of have-nots in the Atlantic division. Montreal's, and I'll, I'll go back to this list of, uh, of projected point totals. Mm-hmm. Montreal's projected point total this year is 89 and a half. That's somewhat high. Mm-hmm. 89 and a half. But, yep. and we say they don't have any chance. Compare that to Arizona, 68 and a half, and they're the worst. That's the lowest on this particular <laughs> publication. Uh, Buffalo, everybody's, where, where, where's Buffalo? You guys have been just killing Buffalo for a week and a half. Yeah. 69 and a half. Uh, which team doesn't make their projection, which is, let, let's saw it off at 60, 69. Mm. Would, um. You know, I I don't I don't think I don't think the Arizona Coyotes make their prediction. I don't think and I don't think Buffalo makes theirs. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I don't think we're totally on board with that. (laughs) Going into the season, and and I will say Buffalo did a nice job near the end last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I thought Don Granado did some really cool things with his hockey club. And they seem to find some some positiveness out of it. Now they made some changes, but they managed to get through all the distractions of Taylor Hall and then uh, Jack Eichel and some of the trades that they made. And they were able to end it on a on a decent on the ice. Now the Jack Eichel thing overshadowed everything. Uh, sure. Air, Arizona. Like you've got the arena, you've got uh, the rebuild, you've got uh, trading your captain out, uh, great players out, and you're, you're left with this group that 
you don't know which which way they're going. And and, and are we well? We know one way they're going. It's going to be a really difficult to compete. That's that's one place <laughs> that they're they're going to have uh, a, a lot of time visiting is uh, is trying to challenge for a victory every night. But if you were going to pick one of those two teams to have an opportunity to overachieve. I, I'm making you pick one. Which one would it be? And I'm talking just on the ice, uh, not the sideshows. So that takes out the arena controversy in Arizona, and it takes out the Jack Eichel situation in Buffalo because they both have their their uh, distractions. Yeah. So I, I mean, <laughs> I'm inclined to go with the Buffalo Sabers, even though I think they're in um, a better top heavy division. I still think that Buffalo can find wins against Detroit, Montreal, and Ottawa uh, more so than I, I look at the, the Arizona Coyotes. And I think there are middle of the road, good teams. And then a couple of really good elite teams. Um, I, I just think the Buffalo Sabres have an opportunity to probably be statistically points wise, better than Arizona. I've talked about how I think the Eichel thing, casts a shadow over everything but that coming out of the equation i think the buffalo sabers have the better chance of overachieving on the ice i don't know whether this makes sense but i think the buffalo sabers have a much better opportunity to end this season feeling good about themselves as opposed to the arizona coyotes uh arizona's dealing with the dismantling of their organization from two years ago when they were acquiring star players and hoping to make a run to two years later being right back to square one. That is tough to get your head around. Buffalo, yeah. Buffalo's just waiting for the Eichel thing to come to an end. And then they turn the page and they're they're ready to go. They I think Buffalo's already bottomed out, quite frankly. Even if even if the Jack Eichel trade is terrible, I think they've already mm-hmm. bottomed out. And they can find some good, positive vibes out of the season. So I'm I'm going to go with Buffalo as well. Arizona, there's too many. By the way, congratulations, John Ferguson Jr. today, uh, hired as the assistant general manager, general manager of Tucson. I think that's a really good hire, and, and I that if I was an Arizona fan would would give me confidence and optimism uh, for the future. I, I like that hire. He's been with the Boston Bruins for several mm-hmm. years, was a general manager in Toronto. And I I, I do like that uh, acquisition uh, within their organization. Not enough to overcome what I think is going to be uh, one of those seasons where uh, it's going to look bad on TV and it's mm-hmm. going to look bad on the standings and it's going to look bad in the media. Because the the part about distraction with the arena is one thing Phil Kessel is going to become a story at some point during the season too <laughs> and and that's gonna Phil, Phil doesn't Phil's quiet doesn't talk a lot but there's noise around Phil and that will become a story later on whereas Buffalo I think is closer to even if Eichel's not traded they can figure some stuff out around him well it feels like 
the the Buffalo Sabers last year is kind of what we're expecting the Arizona Coyotes to be this year. They yeah. had their rock bottom season last year, and now you're you're looking ahead. You're looking at what the future holds for the Buffalo Sabers. Right now, with the Arizona Coyotes, you don't really have a, a clear picture of what the future is going to be because it's still kind of in flux. So I, I tend to agree with what you're saying. I look at this as the Buffalo Sabers are maybe just a year. Uh, ahead of where we expect maybe Arizona to be next year. And hopefully for their fans, that's where they're at next year. Detroit, the last few years, have been terrible. But <laughs> but nothing like what we're seeing in, in Buffalo or Arizona. Like the, Steve O'Reilly's right. been there. They've had the same coach uh, mm-hmm. in Jeff uh, Blaschel. Like it's, yeah. it's been bad there, but mm-hmm. there's been... Uh, a plan and it's been painful but there's been a plan this what you're witnessing out of these two franchises is is very different so buffalo by the way 69 and a half is their projected point total mm-hmm. arizona the the fewest point total at 68 and a half rounding out the top five projections and remember we picked the worst teams top five uh worst teams uh we all picked a buffalo to be the worst, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Arizona. So we kind of had that backwards compared to, to this publication. Anaheim, third worst and lowest point projection at 70.5. Mm-hmm. Does Anaheim deserve to be in that mix with those two teams? Or are they a little bit better? I, I don't think they are. I, I I don't look at the Anaheim Ducks on, on paper and say that this is a team that's kind of going in a clear direction. I, I you know, you might get uh, a good year out of Trevor Zegris, uh, Jamie Drysdale, like those two players might be very good, but I, I just don't see this team as, as being a team that's going to really take a big jump. I, I think maybe that's two, three years down the road. I do not expect it to be this year. Uh, so for me, I think Anaheim's kind of properly rated where they should be. Columbus and then Detroit are, according to this publication, the five hmm. worst teams going into the season. Columbus, four at 76.5, and Detroit at 77.5. Boy, Detroit, nobody's buying into Detroit making a jump. <laughs> and I'm not sure that they should be, but. Yeah. But Columbus yeah, being I mean, that I, mix, that's a uh, that's a big step back uh, for them. I, I don't I don't have I, I think we were right on the money with our five worst teams. Like we mm-hmm. we kind of had that covered. Not that it's uh, going out in a huge limb. Uh, Buffalo, Arizona, certainly uh, Anaheim. We projected to be uh, near the bottom. Uh, I I still think Seattle's going to be in in that mix. And like this publication is Seattle at ninety two and a half points. <laughs> That's I'm I'm sorry, I don't see that. The same as the same as Winnipeg. Yeah. And and more than, than Montreal. I just I don't see that. The Seattle Kraken. That's I mean, that's I, still riding the wave of the of the, yeah. the golden and remember what, what like the, the window took uh took a big hit with the Golden Knights and mm-hmm. what they did. Yeah. And if, if Golden yeah, well, Vegas would have ended up winning that Stanley Cup, it would have like crushed uh, the, the sports books. Now, the MGM right. does not have the Kraken rated very high. 
They have them in the bottom half of the the league as far as odds to win the Stanley Cup. There's a couple surprises though. Who's who's lower than Seattle? Believe it or not, Vancouver is is also at the same five thousand to one. So with Seattle, it's New Jersey, Seattle, and Vancouver at five thousand to one. But there's a team that I'm looking at that I am shocked that they are this low. I don't think Ryan would be shocked. But in the same neighborhood as the L.A. Kings and the San Jose Sharks, the Nashville Predators, sandwiched between the Kings and the Sharks as far as odds to win the Stanley Cup, very down near the bottom of the list, along with Columbus and uh, Ottawa. They're in that neighborhood. Aren't we kind of like just with our hands up on Nashville? Yeah, but but as as, as bad as the Sharks? Hmm. Yeah. So you see value so. there in Nashville? No, I wouldn't bet them because I I don't think they're they're great. But well, we're, aren't I, you, isn't that what you're saying? No, though? but I don't think they're that bad either. I don't think they're in the same neighborhood. So there's value as, there. They're, they're, if if you think that they can win the Stanley Cup, yeah, yeah. yeah. you don't have to you don't have to think they can win the Stanley Cup. You just have to put the yeah, money that, down that's and it. have them win it. I I think Vancouver is there's a lot of value there too at five thousand to one mm-hmm. or plus five thousand. So who's worse than Seattle on on that? And is that the MGM? Yes, MGM. So Vancouver, Los Angeles, Nashville, San Jose, Columbus, Ottawa, Anaheim, Arizona, Detroit, and Buffalo. I don't have an issue with any of that. No. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would put Seattle right right in that that mix. I, I but I I have an issue with Seattle being pegged to challenge for a playoff spot this season. I don't see it. I don't oh, see them I'm up winning there. them over. No, I was on I was on board with you from the beginning. <laughs> oh, that's what my 11-year-old says too. <laughs> I was already going to clean my room. No you weren't. You've never been going Ryan, to clean my room. Ha- back I, me up here. I when they drafted I the team, I, I, I said very underwhelming. Uh, well, yeah, it was underwhelming, Chapman, because we knew the results before the actual well, expansion draft. It was also, and I drafted a better team. Yeah. I drafted a team with more goal scoring than yeah. the Seattle And you Kraken also drafted has. a team so, that on. was going to be in salary cap hell in year two. Hey, do you no, think that- everybody everybody came off the books. I had I had absolute flexibility in year number two. So you would have had no team in year number two. Uh, we're going to take a break. One hundred percent. The Metropolitan Division, and uh, I want to ask you guys a little question about Seattle. Plus, our top five stories for the National Hockey League season for the NHL and the VGK. We hit number four today. It's the VGK Insider Show ahead of Fan Fest tomorrow down at the D and the Downtown Entertainment Center. It's uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas and the VGK Insider Show. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Top five at five. Dealing with the top stories in the National Hockey League and top stories for the Vegas Golden Knights this year. Today's number four. And we'll uh, get into it. Nolan Patrick, a topic of conversation. Uh, his first year with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, he will be uh, the subject of the Vegas Golden Knights side of it. And we'll get into the National Hockey League. We also want to tell you that uh, tomorrow will be at FanFest over at the D. VGK FanFest. First time in a couple of years. And that will come on the heels of the first on-ice session for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, rookie camp. The prospect tournament will take place in Arizona starting on Friday night for the Vegas Golden Knights. And then play Sunday and Monday 
morning. And uh, so you can listen to the games actually on uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas on Friday and on Monday uh, during the day. And uh, we will get uh, you set up uh, with a bit of uh, reaction to the uh, on-ice session for the rookie camp tomorrow. We're going to see people like uh, Zach Dean. Uh, draft pick and uh, Lucas Cormier, uh, Jesper Vickman. It's going to be uh, fun tomorrow, and you can watch that workout on the uh, VGK uh, social channels, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch channels, tomorrow at noon from City National Arena. So a lot of hockey starting to happen. Yeah, it's going to be uh, you know, kind of a sprint here once we get going because, you know, you, you talk about rookie camp, you talk about this rookie showcase, and then it's main camp, then it's preseason, and then before you know it, October 12th is going to come along, and the Golden Knights are going to open against the Seattle Kraken, and it'll be a glorious 82-game season that we cannot wait to start. 7.30 on Friday night against the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Brian McCormick will have the call there. And then Los Angeles Kings, uh, the opposition on Monday at 11 a.m. on Fox Sports. So uh, some great hockey talks. We usually uh, do nighttime at noon. Uh, uh, Mondays uh, kick off the season. We'll be uh, in and around that uh, for a little noon hour hockey talk. But uh, how about this? We're going to have uh, the prospect tournament uh, this Monday and then turn the page and we get into training camp and uh, a lot of stuff happening on that front and uh, an opportunity this weekend to, to see some of these kids that we've heard so much about. And a lot of them will be at their first professional training camp and around professionals uh, for the first time. Yeah, 100%. And you know, I, for me, in terms of, of these rookie tournaments, I'm always looking for that player that is right there on the cusp, that's supposed to go out there and be dominant, that's supposed to go out there and, and just kind of be a, a, a step above everyone else in his peer group. And and I know that you know we're, we're talking about players we have not seen yet. Lucas Cormier, we're talking about Zach Dean and just getting our first glimpses of those players. But, you know, in terms of this rookie camp, for me, it's going to be Peyton Krebs because I, I look at him as the type of player that should go out there. And, and because of what he was able to do, getting a couple of games at the NHL level and being an impactful player in doing so, I just think that this is an opportunity for him to set himself apart and really, really have those eyebrows raised as he heads into main camp. Yeah, interesting. Before he got hurt, you're kind of thinking, is he going to get a shot in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. is is he going to be that guy that you can put in and give a spark? And he's at a different place than so many of these other players, yet the same age and same sort of uh, position in in his development. But then you look at where he was and what Pete DeBoer leaned on him with and, and gave him the opportunity with last year, and you go, whoa. whoa. Uh, that's just going to be one of those ones where you go out and get tuned up and 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 get your game in shape uh, for the start of the regular season. He's almost in the middle in in, in that uh, in that regard. Yeah, I think so. I, for me, Peyton Krebs, I think has done enough, and, and he's going to have to have a good camp here. But I, I think that we're looking at a player that's going to force himself onto this into this lineup and onto this roster come the beginning of the season. Yeah, but. You want him to play in your top nine. He's got to play in your top mm-hmm. nine. So yeah. that means a real battle in training camp. And that means an opportunity in training camp to work some players around, whereas last year there wasn't that chance uh, yeah. for, for Pete DeBoer to necessarily uh, do something like that. So uh, 
train there won't there's not I mean there's not a lot of spots available on this team. <laughs> this this is not uh, a, a wide open competition. Uh, put on your work boots, go out there and try and earn a spot or take a spot from somebody. There's not a lot, but Peyton Krebs is is one of the few that can force the issue uh, when it comes to the the Vegas Golden Knights and and training camp this year and try to push not just for a spot on the forward crew, but a spot at center and a spot and an impact on the power play. Yep. And we'll see whether that uh, that occurs. There's there's a couple other players uh, in the mix there that will be keeping an eye on Dadnov, uh, of course, and wanting to see what he can do. Uh, Brett Howden, uh, Nolan Patrick, who we'll talk about uh, in just a little bit. It's the VGK Insider Show, set up hour number two on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Well, as expected, Chapman uh, trails in the footer poll that Ryan uh, has put out regarding who do you most like to hang out with on the VGK yep. Insider Show. It doesn't say hang out with. It just says meet. Okay, yeah, meet, so here's the poll. Out. It's all the same Here- thing. Here's the poll. It's on my Twitter at Ryan Hockey Guy. That's at Ryan Hockey Guy. Go there, vote on this poll. Here's the question: Which member of the VGK Insider Show would you most like to meet in person? Mm-hmm. Wallace, Millard, or Chapman? It's simple. I, yeah. I like the guy Andrew who said the the guy in the back who talks a little oh, bit, and you guys wow, are always making wow, fun of that wow. guy. That guy's awesome. Yeah, Andrew, he's funny. You're you're the best. So really, you're saying that I do nice things for you, like I build up. Your <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe. <laughs> the guy in the background who you make fun of. I like him. He doesn't even know my name. Yeah, so yeah. that that's a, a, a problem. No, but he's still he's out. still he's still on my side though. Like you've been here a lot longer than I have, and I don't even know your name. And you have your own show. No, I don't. Catching up with Chapman. Well, that's a segment. Are you doing Are you doing that on YouTube? Do you have your own YouTube channel now? Catching up. With I Chapman? should. I really should. You um, know what? I think I think I may start that. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to the results here uh, <laughs> as we continue on and see exactly how this shakes out. But. As the uh, as the foreigner, I know that I'm swimming upstream here, but I'm not above giving things away to bribe your votes. All right, That's and, we'll, and we'll see what happens tomorrow at Fan Fest over at the D uh, Downtown Entertainment Center. It's uh, VGK Fan Fest, five thirty to seven is uh, the time when all the festivities will be underway. We will be there uh, live on location with the VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 4 until 6. And we have one more hour to go today. The top five at five. Today we're dealing with the top stories in the National Hockey League and the Vegas Golden Knights. One story from each side. We hit the number four position. We'll deal with that next on Fox Sports Las Vegas.